Doug and Marty versus the World is sponsored and paid for by Marty McClendon, Doug Bassler, and EasyTVSpots.com. Round one, go. Yep. Uh, we are going to start the program in exactly seven days, brother. Seven days we'll get started because we've been out of the country on, a, on, the, on, on the air, <laughs> on the airwaves, because we've, we've hit Canada, right? Okay. okay. So we need to quarantine. So thank you for listening. We'll see you next week. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, where are you going today? This is Doug Basler. <laughs> And Marty McClendon. Yeah, I know you are. I'm this kidding. This is Doug and Marty versus the world. So do you, did you hear about this outrageous, now we've got Omnicron. Yes. Yep. Omnicron used to be a computer you got from Radio Shack. But now I remember it's a, that. Yeah. <laughs> now it's a virus. <laughs> you remember that. You're not that old, brother. You don't even know what a Radio Shack is. Now, I do know what a Radio Shack is. And I think, actually, there was a computer company out of Idaho that created the Omnicron or something like that. Yeah, Omni something, man. Yeah, I, I, that's right. what I was thinking. What? They got, they're bringing back the old computers that, you know, had syntax error and all that stuff. Basic. I remember basic, you know, um, now they're saying, you know, oh, and then, I mean, this is like ridiculous. Okay. So we have the, uh, did you see the big news story from Australia this week was three Australian citizens escaped from the quarantine camp. I did not see that. And they had a nationwide manhunt for them, brother. I talked about this last week a little this bit. The fact that the coming. quarantine camps where <laughs> yes. literally there is no civil liberties. Um, they had quarantine camps for those that were unvaccinated. Doesn't mean if you're vaccinated and you got COVID. This is people that are unvaccinated and tested positive or showed symptoms. They rounded you up and put you in concentration camps. So you're saying that three people escaped from the concentration camp and they did a manhunt for them? Yeah, and it was National Australian News. Um and then you've got, uh, I think it's 59 major athletes have dropped dead mm-hmm. after getting vaccinated. 59. Yep. There are. Now that's more, that's more, that's a, that's a big sample, brother. That's a lot it, of it's, people. It's big. And these are athletes that are typically really healthy. So if they're dropping dead, um, there's something going on. And this ties into a report that came out from the CDC said they're investigating nearly 800 cases of rare heart problems following getting the vaccine. Now, we're not trying to scare There are over 18,000 verified, no other explanation, vaccine-related deaths in America. They Mm -hmm. stopped vaccinating people, what, 20 years ago or so, when there was 50. Yes. yes. And this yes. one, they're still saying they're, they're all the fault of Omicron and all this other stuff is the fault of the unvaccinated brother. So I blame you. Now, of course you do. Right. <laughs> so with, with this, though, with the fact that they're specifically the CDC is admitting that they're investigating 800 specifically rare heart cases, diseases coming after the vaccine, which early on, that's why Johnson and Johnson stopped. It was the, the enlarging of the heart in young patients. So the, the data that was coming out from these studies, by the way, they've locked up for 20 years. Like they do, why? What information do we not need to see for 20 years when, they're, when you can't sue these pharmaceutical companies anyways? 
to your point, this then they're talking about a booster now to be required for being fully vaccinated. They're talking about a pill. Um, two different pharmaceutical companies are developing a pill as a therapeutic, which is kind of like what ivermectin does, but a pill that you can pay for through your insurance. And, and lo and behold, all these billions and billions of dollars coming in, and we still have questions. But even in this state, Inslee is still pushing and pushing to mandate it. At the state departments, what they're doing now is they're like, no, we're going to go back to full services. And they're not going back to full services. But the idea behind that is they won't allow employees, that even the ones that got religious exemptions and medical exemptions, um, to come into work without getting the vaccine. So if they say we're returning to normal services, all those that have the exemptions will probably be fired. So it's just another way to be tyrannical. At least in other states that are doing this tyrannical lockdowns, they're allowing for weekly or daily testing before you come in. Uh, Inslee is the lone standout of the most tyrannical in the nation, next to Biden, of course. And so I said this the other day, Doug, you love this. The only thing that Biden's Build Back Better plan is building back better is the Taliban, the Al-Qaeda, China, Russia, but it's not America. It's building back everything that is the enemy of America. Inflation better, uh, gas lines, uh, record inflation, brother. Again, 6% this month alone. 6% inflation. That means everything costs that much more that we cross the board. Most of us can't afford. So uh, I know you can afford it because you're a mega rich dude. And, uh, <laughs> I love that. But for the rest of us people, you know, it's uh, from it's your tough. ears to God's lips, brother. <laughs> Reverse, right? From your lips to God's ear. That's right. Yes. <laughs> so I know we started off with the Omicron. This is important. The early studies, obviously, out of South Africa, apparently existed in Europe before that. Um, said it's very mild. And, and the normal tract of any virus, including flu viruses, when they start to, to replicate and duplicate and have variants and so forth, they get less lethal. Um, they get more virulent, meaning easier to catch, but it's like a common cold, literally. And so there's trying to be this panic from the media and, and panic. It just from, becomes part of the, the biome of Yeah, exactly. Of life. Like every year we have to. When we they're they're going to try to eradicate something that doesn't need to be eradicated. Okay, it's not right. polio. Right. You can't eradicate the flu either because every year right. it, it changes. If, if, so we, it, the common cold, the reason you can't cure the common cold because it's, it's a SARS virus. Same with the flu, right? SARS virus. Exactly so right. Just because COVID-19 is a thing. So, I mean, really, they should be calling this one COVID-21 and the next one COVID-22. I mean, it's not, you know. So on that note, um, you saw this last week and this week as well is, do you see why the World Health Organization called it the Omicron virus versus the Z virus, the XI virus, because Z was the next in the Greek alphabet. They're tracking along every single variant. Yeah, they don't want to be giving it to the Chinese premier, right? Well, they said that too many Chinese have this name, and so we don't want to be offensive to the Chinese people. And then they did a study, and less than 1% of the Chinese people actually carry that name. So it's really, they're afraid of the Chinese It's the premier. The premier's right. name is Premier Z, right? The President right. Z or whatever, yep. whatever his, whatever the top dude. Chairman Z, whatever it is. Yeah. Party is, you know, it's like that. It's like a Dow Constantine of China or the uh, Jay Inslee of China or whatever. There we go. Um, but the the Chinese. So you should have called it the Inslee variant. The Inslee variant. The Would have been perfect. I almost called him stupid. I don't want to do that. I want to be respectful. <laughs> but the mumbler. The mumbler. I heard somebody the call him the mumbler today. The mumbler was on and he said, he's mumble, mumble, mumble. Uh, what was that? Mumbler. That was uh, 
Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Charlie right? and the Chocolate Factory, right? Mumbler. Mumbler. Mumbla. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, well, this is uh, this is out of control. Look, six hundred and thirty plus days now. Yes, we've been in a state of emergency, and we've we're not having spike in death. We're not having spike in hospitalizations, but we're still losing the ability to have elective or necessary maintenance surgeries mm-hmm. necessary, you know, people still putting off health things. Mm-hmm. They're, they're trying to terrorize the population. It's not working with you and I, of course, because we're not stupid, but, um, or easily fooled or whatever. Right. Or maybe it's just because we're, you know, they talk about being woke, but I think that being woke means you're in a, in a, in a brain coma, mm-hmm. right? Because people are waking up to the fact that we're losing our, our constitution, our God-given constitutionally protected rights. The government of the United States was created to secure these rights, not to take them away, right? That's what right. it says in the declaration. Governments are instituted among men to secure these rights. Right, right. The other day I mentioned this, though, from a scriptural standpoint on my other show, I was talking about all throughout scripture, there is references where God said there's a people that can't see the truth. Their eyes aren't open. Their ears aren't open. And I'm like, there's much many people that need to see Christ and that need to receive and repent um, in order for them to see the truth that's right in front of them. I think so many people have been snowed or... Um, bought into the illusion that they want to live in this, this fantasy, this matrix of the world, that they don't want to see the truth, that their government lies to them, that there's been a historical fact all throughout history, especially in our history, where they've used different groups to test medical procedures on. So um, obviously this is a personal choice, but we always advocate for a choice for people. If you want to choose this as for your own health things, go for it. Do your research and make a good decision. But when the government forces yes. you against your own wishes, yes. You know, um, it's scary. And the, I'm going to get up this, and shout at you. Just yep, preaching good, brother. Preaching good. So, but on Newsmax the other day, Dr. McCullough out of Texas, it was on, and he referenced a Brownstone interview Institute. So there's a study. They mentioned that the CDC and many other doctors, 135 different studies that were just culminated in October, showed what we already know, that the naturally acquired immunity, those people that had COVID and recovered, and that's a lot of people, brother. A lot of people uh, is a much stronger, better immunity than any vaccine, even the booster. In fact, the boosters and the vaccines are one protein, whereas the naturally acquired is all proteins. They said it's a thousand to one better. A okay, thousand so, to one better. So I, I just let me interrupt because I, I think what you're saying here sounds a little iffy. So you're telling me that if a person is happy and joyful, that's better than taking uh, depression, antidepressant medicine. A hundred percent better. Yep. <laughs> yep. And these are people from Yale, from, uh, uh, Fox hall from anyway, big oncology studies are, are documented and even reported by the CDC as being factual. And yet we're being ignored. They go, Oh yeah. Yeah. Natural immunity. What does it mean? It may not be as strong as what Fauci is saying. It is a thousand fold. And this is, Dr. McCullough said, based on a, a strict scientific definition, which we understand that, uh, based on those that have tested positive, recovered, and then got COVID again uh, and tested positive, he goes, there's been zero cases in the U.S. of people that have recovered from COVID that have gotten it again and, and proven. So maybe someone has, but the point is, he goes, there's been zero documented cases 
you know, in the last two years. I think you're, that, uh, I, th- I just think you're anti-science brother. And uh, so yeah, I found right. the passage I was looking for. Sure. So uh, we hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal and that they are endowed by their creator with certain unalienable or inalienable rights mm-hmm. that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness that to secure these rights, governments are instituted among men deriving their just powers from the consent of the governed mm-hmm. that whenever any form of government becomes destructive to these ends, it is the right of the people to alter or to abolish it and to institute new government laying its foundation on such principles and organizing its powers in such forms as to them shall seem most likely to affect their safety and happiness. That's the declaration of independence, brother. Mm-hmm. That's the, that's like founding document stuff, right? That's it like the, the announcement like, of the that's world DNA that yep. of America. Mm-hmm. And so when they didn't say that deriving their just powers from the consent of the pandemic germ, uh-huh. you know, when Robert F. Kennedy Jr., who is no conservative brother, yes, comes out and says, we need to fear losing our God-given constitutionally protected rights more than we fear a germ, Mm -hmm. he is right. When we see, we've always heard if you trade um, your safety for peace or peace for liberty and so forth, you have neither. And what we've seen is this overarching takeover of everything where they said, no, you are actually selfish if you want to protect your own freedom and liberties. See, they, they're the using message. our goodness against us. Yes. See, they, they know Americans are inherently good. We won't do it for ourselves, mm-hmm. but we'll do it for grandma. We'll do it for our neighbor. We'll do it for, mm-hmm. you know, when, when, and it's the inherent goodness that's going to cause this thing to implode because mm-hmm. we're going to start realizing that feeding this garbage of CRT and, and uh, hypersexuality to our children is mm-hmm. destructive to them. And we love them. And, and this is what's them. happened in Virginia, right? Uh-huh. When they started to say, no, parents, you don't have any right to say. We, the school people, we're smarter than you dumb little pe- parents over there. When no, the they don't love. McAuliffe said, got stepped on stage, goes, I won't let parents choose. It's, it's not their right. They, they, they don't love our kids. Yes. They, they're using them. They they're, they're, our tools. kids are an agenda. They're not real. They don't care. I mean, that's same that the former governor of Virginia said, hey, well, if the baby accidentally survives the abortion attempt and then it's alive, then we're going to make it comfortable and we're going to have a conversation with the mom about like, maybe do you want us to kill that? You know, kill yeah. the baby that's over there crying comfortably. You that, know, let's, that is uh, that's since, the height of sick, brother. Yeah, it is. And before we go too far, it's brownstone.org has the article about the 135 research studies that just came out in October. There Check you go. Documenting your documenting. Your, and, and it's I important. heard somebody say the other day that uh, actually it was gut filled. It was on the gut. I don't remember who said it, but, you know, yep. they were talking about Jesus, you know, and the mm-hmm. virus and everything else. And the one dude says, hey, Jesus is. Jesus was anti-science. I mean, he was walking on water. It's totally anti-science. <laughs> I was like, yeah, that's true. That is fun. He fed 5,000 so. with a couple of fish and so a couple of loaves of bread, too. So that's I will say anti-science. that. Gutfeld is funny. It's conservative. It's got this group thing. But they actually, their numbers, their TV viewing numbers, actually beat all the night, uh, the night shows. The Fallon, the Kimmel. 
he beat them this this week. So he's funnier than they are because they funny. are they they will talk about stuff and Fallon and Kimmel and all those guys can't. Right. All they can talk about is Trump and there is no Trump to talk about. So exactly right. Playing so, golf somewhere, you know. So this is important though. The you and I are adamant advocates for life. You know, there is this Mississippi case up before the Supreme Court and the oral arguments on both sides. First of all, it's pretty amazing and hopeful that Roe v. Wade will have the opportunity of being overturned uh, in the spring when, when they make their decision um, for the first well, they time. Actually now, gonna, they're actually going to vote on it. Well, actually voted on it yesterday, Friday. Yeah. Yeah. But we don't know what the correct is until they publish all the outcomes. Right. Which is later, a couple months later. So. Yeah. Um, they'll vote on it, like I said, or they did, did vote on it. But this is what the oral arguments all throughout the week as people are watching. Um, young pro-life kids were there cheering out in the middle of the night, praying, which we've been praying as well. It's one of those things where you have the three Supreme Court justices appointed by Trump, specifically pro-life. You have Justice Roberts and you have, um, oh gosh, the guy the guy had been a conservative, the most conservative, the black guy, uh, what's his name? Justice uh, um, anyway, Thomas, Clarence Thomas. Clarence Thomas, that's it. Clarence Thomas. And he is the most outspoken pro-life um, Supreme Court does we have. And so some of the comments he made was like, okay, this was done in a way. How did we, was there ever a line to where it wasn't a life, right? And there was never one. This, this Supreme Court ruling in 73 had based on the Fourth Amendment and privacy had nothing to do about the, the viability outside the womb. The later case, 20 years later, said, well, it was, all, it was directly related to viability. And then, of course, uh, Sotomayor is talking about, well, you know, even dead people. The wise you know, Spanish dead, lady? Yeah. The bread, uh, the brain dead people can feel pain as well, but they're not really alive. And uh, I'm like, what a terrible argument. The argument for everybody else was, no, there's never been an address about viability. There's never been a, a thing about thing. Most, every other nation besides China and us um, limit abortions to less than 20 weeks. Um, and many of them do even less than that. It's within the first uh, six or eight weeks. And so this Mississippi bill says we want to draw the line at 15 weeks, which is four months, brother, four months, which is plenty of time that baby can feel pain. Yeah, all the expenditures are formed, heartbeats beating, all that stuff. This is a life. And so I've been in hospital. I've been working. So really the question here is do the states have the right mm-hmm. to decide? The federal government, according to the 10th Amendment, in the Bill of Rights, the Tenth Amendment, the Constitution is anything that's not specifically mm-hmm. delegated to the federal government by this Constitution, and of course its amendments, mm-hmm. is reserved unto the states and to the people. So the states are the ones that had the right to decide this type of thing in the first place. And so that's what Mississippi is saying. It's like we, as a state, mm-hmm. are exercising our right. So. And- the, the hope is for the pro-life thing is that these things can go back to the states and then we can start taking these things out state by state. Exactly right. And so what happens there, and to your point, going back to the state, you'll still have places like California and Washington and New York that literally have allowed abortion up to the day of birth. You know, like you said, in, in Virginia too, we're like, well, after they're born, if they don't want them, we'll have a conversation. That will still be allowed until we do something in our own states. But states like Texas and Florida and South Dakota will go the other way and say, no, no, we're going to, 
you know, it's, it'll be at birth is, is life or before at conception or whatever. That's up to their states and their populations. What you'll see, and you've talked about this before with Rick Joyner, the sorting of the states, the separation of the states where people like us. Sheep states will, and goat states. Will move where states where we're free and move to states where we protect life. That means that much or fight for it here. One of the two, yep. you know. Well, and you've so, got to be willing to, you got to be willing to fight. And the problem is, is that um, when people move, uh, they move to get away. They move to escape. Mm-hmm. It's it's almost like the um, the rapture, you know, theology. Like, you know, I want, you know, I just want Jesus to come and get me out of this mess, right? Because it's going to get worse and worse. And that's kind of your left behind, you know, theology. And, so, and, and people tell me, oh, you know, Jesus is coming. And I'm like, well, you better hope he didn't come right now. Cause you ain't doing nothing for God. Amen. Your Amen. life doesn't mean you're, you're, you're so you I'm want gonna, Jesus to come and pull you out. And you didn't, when did you ever do anything to save a baby? Right. Or whatever. Really, no, I'm, yeah, not, we, no, I'm not, I, I'm not, not, I don't want to mock okay. everybody, but I'm just yep. saying a lot of times the escapism thing, like our friend Mark that moved to Idaho, he's like, you mm-hmm. need to move to Idaho. And he's trying to sell houses in Idaho. Right. He's a real estate right. guy. But I'm like, dude, you're not, you're not fighting there. It's there too. Mm-hmm. You know, you shouldn't be trying to get us to leave. You should be down in Boise with a picket sign or whatever. Mm-hmm. They arrested Christians in Boise, Idaho yep. for singing Chris, uh, songs been, in front of the Capitol building during the pandemic. Did you see that video? Brother? I did. I did. And they, and they even, weren't even any good. They were, they were crappy. Yep. <laughs> they were just normal people singing. It was like listening to you, brother. And I know, me. right? <laughs> so even in free Florida, they had school districts that were enforcing the vaccine mandate and then they were fighting against it. And thank God they've opted out of the national school board meeting as a whole. They're, they're coming around, but there are places where we still have to fight. I'm going to disagree with you just for a second before we get there. On, okay, the, brother. on the positive side, on the positive side, an agreement side, God says he's going to return for a spotless church that we're supposed to occupy until we returns. We can't right. occupy unless we take ground. So I get I that. think we can win Washington. I believe that Washington will be saved. I think that something's going to happen and the Lord's going to pour out his spirit. And I think the Lord chooses to operate in places that are dark and, and hard and yep. situations that are bad. I'm not saying that we're not going to have to go through things. Yes. And, but, I will but, say, I think that, but I think that people, one of the things that Rick, you wrote Rick Joyner, one of the things yep. that he said was he had a dream or vision or something like that that he saw America going hard left and, mm-hmm. and everybody went, whoa. And we came back to the right and they said, we're never doing that again. And so mm-hmm. I think that's what we're seeing right now is that people are going, Hey, you know, when we went from $2 gas to four you over $5 in California, you were just down there. Right. Yep. And um, you know, it all happened within a year. Mm-hmm. Right. And year. we've got, yeah. we've got 6.2 on the books uh, inflation, but really mm-hmm. they've increased the money supply by over 300%. So that's really de- de- taking away from our buying power of our dollar. Yep. And we've got supply pl- train chain interruptions and we've got them telling us all white people are systemically racist, whether they know it or not. Okay. Which is racist. That is a racist thing. They're, they say. use racist tactics to say they're anti-racist. We know. So I want to make it the point though, that where I disagree with you, in some cases, to our listeners that are listening, and this hit me the other day as I was praying about this, thinking about those that are leaving and us as well. We've always considered like, oh, what do we do? We stay here and fight. We go somewhere else. And the highlight of the scripture brother, was this. There was multiple times throughout scripture where God moved Abraham away from his father's house to be able to bless him. He moved Joshua uh, 
into the promised land in order to bless him. He moved Joseph into Egypt, be able to bless the whole nation. He moved Jesus, couldn't do miracles in his own hometown until he went other places. There's times when God moves you out of your current situation into a new land to fulfill your destiny. So I'm going to say there are some exceptions. That's not a disagreement. That I told, I'm a hundred percent agreement. We need to be where God puts us. Exactly right. Yep. You know, I was living down in, in Vancouver, Washington, and the Lord sent me to the Seattle area. Right. right? He said, right. you're going to go there and you're going to get a harvest. To me, a harvest is, is everything that, mm -hmm. that you've been fighting for your whole, and I've been, you know, street and all this stuff and radio for, you know, three decades, brother, if you can believe that mm -hmm. since 1990, <sighs> I've been on radio fighting this, talking just like you and I are talking mm -hmm. right now, brother. I'm changed. Uh, I may think I've got, you know, I think I got better looking. Um, <laughs> of but, course you do. <laughs> um, I got, you know, on the street doing the different things and, you know, we're laying up yes. for ourselves a harvest. If we faint not, if we don't give up, if we keep going. And so, but if you if, if your focus is on me mm -hmm. and what's good for me and what I want and me, you know, the Beatles song, I, if you watch the Beatles documentary, brother, on I have Disney not. Plus, anyway, uh, it's like, to me, it's like, oh my gosh, there's something new from the Beatles, which broke up, you know, 60 years ago. Um, but uh, they have that song, George Harrison song, I, me, mine, all through the day, I, me, mine, I, me, mine, I, me, mine. All I can say, I, me, mine, I, I, me, mine. Right. And then if, if that's where your life is, you can't get there from there. You can't get where we need God to have us if we're so self-focused. Jesus said, you got to take up your cross. You mm -hmm. got to die to yourself. Uh, Paul said, I die daily. We got to get on the altar. The problem with it, you know, watch my knee. The problem with living sacrifices, which is what it says in Romans mm -hmm. 12, right? Mm -hmm. Is they always want to crawl off the altar. So we mm -hmm. call off the altar, we take care of our own. And that's not to say that we don't take care of our children and we don't protect them and our families and our wives and all this stuff, right? Right. We, we look out for each other, but we need to be where God says, and we need mm -hmm. to do it even when it's uncomfortable. And that's the, that's the problem. People want to resist when it's comfortable. It's time to take off the mask. It's time to say no to the passport. It's time to get in people's faces. It's time to exercise our freedom of speech because we don't care if they get weird and mad and whatever and threaten us. We're still going to tell them the truth, whether exactly they like it or right. not. If they've got a problem, that's their problem. That's mm -hmm. not my problem. It's your problem. My problem is you don't listen to science. You need to shut up and listen to science for a minute. That mask doesn't do anything. We know mm -hmm. that. Six foot distance doesn't do anything on a 30 foot range virus, bro. It doesn't. Right. And right. we also know that if you go outside and there's wind and sun, that virus ain't going to live more than a few seconds, right? And we all we also know, we also know that if you have been vaccinated, you can still get it and you can still spread it. So there's no benefit. You uh, may spread it worse is what they're yeah. saying now. Yeah. The, and the, the, the people that are vaccinated are more, they're carrying a higher viral load is what mm -hmm. they say. And they're actually spreading things. So when they get it, they're actually more likely to spread it because their system is compromised with these yep. spike proteins, these RNA spike proteins. And we started off with Omicron and the Omicron virus has only affected those that have been vaccinated so far. It's new, <laughs> no, it's that's, new, but, that's but just, that is the need. Uh, well, that's data. because in South Africa, everybody's been vaccinated, right? In well, Israel, it be right. everybody's Well, been and the one case in San Francisco so far, right? Has been also a vaccinated person. 
So of course it has. Well, because that person needs to get some boosters, you know, lots and lots of boosters. And, you know, I I was listening to to, uh, Kent uh, Christmas uh, last week. He's a pastor in Nashville and Mm -hmm. a pretty, pretty, you know, old school guy. I mean, a lot of the stuff he says, I'm like, yeah, that's pretty old school. But he was saying, have you seen Bill Gates get it? Have you seen Mark Zuckerberg get COVID? Have you seen nope. George Soros get COVID? He's like, why aren't they getting COVID? We're, we mm-hmm. all know people that got COVID. I had a good friend, friend die just a mm-hmm. couple of weeks ago. And he had an underlying, you know, he had cancer, Issues. but yeah. he had, yeah. you know, what I'm just saying, why aren't, and he's like, the Bible says you reap what you sow and something's going to come to them because they, they've loosed this on us. Mm-hmm. that there's not going to be a vaccine for there's not going to be a cure for and they are they've sown the wind brother they're gonna reap the whirlwind now well, i'm we getting talk- old school yeah we, i know i love it the weeks ago we talked about the fact and it's still the fact that first of all all the the white house staff including biden and those including the congressional staff they're exempt they don't have to get vaccinated how is that possible? Right. And you see, well, that's all the always the way it is with the elites. Right. I it, know. Right. It's, it's rules for you, but not for me. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, rules for I, thee, not for me. I have a question for you. Have you watched any or heard any of this Ghislaine Maxwell trial going on? Ghislaine. Ghislaine Maxwell, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> you talk funny, brother. I love it. I, I know we got an Ghislaine. interview coming up that you did earlier. Yes. And I know that you liked Ghislaine Maxwell. Yes, brother. That is some sordid stuff, dude. I needed like to wash my brain out with mouthwash after looking, listening to the testimonies of these kids that they, yes. they're not kids anymore, but the description of 14, 15 year old girls and what they did. I'm telling you, brother. This it's was the rumor shocking. for Jeffrey Epstein, the one that didn't kill himself, the one that didn't commit suicide, the one that is tied to all these powerful and popular people, uh, big lists. The FAA, I can listen to the testimony, but no, I can't think of anybody that more deserved to die. Exactly. Guy, but exactly. Whatever. But anyway, she's on trial for basically leading these girls into sex Child trafficking. Abuse, yeah. Child abuse, yeah. Um, but- the news that came out, two of them, and we talked about it last week a little bit, is the judge uh, has been promoted, overseeing the case, been promoted by Biden to the appellate court, which is a promotion before she started trying the trial. And the prosecuting attorney is James Comey's daughter. So, I mean, how do you make this stuff up? James Comey's daughter, who's, you know, we maybe she's trustworthy. Who knows? But it seems like the fix may be in and not holding them accountable. Terrible, tragic stuff. Of course, it's not being covered. It's being not being videotaped. Uh, media is not allowed. All of this, in. all this stuff. Yeah. You know, yeah, you've got to dig to find it. The and, documents are sealed. Afterwards. You know, I, I look at I look at Bill Clinton, and I think, man, if if Epstein was at, then this is Clinton too, right? Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, it's we need to get we need to get ugly. This outcry here, the the cover ups. You know, they they calling us evil because mm-hmm. we're white. We're white men. So you're systemically this and that they're holding us accountable for something that happened, you know, was ended 200 years ago, 130 mm-hmm. years ago, whatever, right. 200, 200, 180 years ago. And so yep. Yep. Um, this thing, and, and yet we can't look at what happened two years ago, a year mm-hmm. ago. We can't look at what happened a few months ago in Afghanistan, the wickedness of the other side. I love I, what Mario Murillo said was so true. It used to be Democrats versus Republicans. And now it's Democrats versus America. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, and I saw it was Mark Meadows. No, it was Mark Meadows. And it was uh, Lindsey Graham was saying this is Trump's party on the Republican side. But he went on to say, that, look, the entire world, the entire nation has seen how far left, how bad things have gotten. And they just want America first. They want things to be, they don't want lower crime. They don't want these, these, uh, the, the sex rings. They don't want the increased burdens. They don't want the, it's true. What we've seen that this, they will not stop. It never ends. There's no returning back to normal as we've been told for two years now. There's no two weeks to spread the, you know, slow the curve, whatever it is. And so it's, you know, the hardest, the, the, next the, variance, the, the right? worst part about two weeks to, mm-hmm. to slow the curve is the first yes. two years, brother. <laughs> <laughs> You know, so people have obviously, uh, even those that are hardened believers in government is the answer, are starting to say, wait a minute, this is starting to affect me. Wait a minute. What do you mean I can't go? And there's this fear. And I think my heart goes out the most for those on the left that are so wrapped up, that are so angry, that are that literally are, are angry at me and you and others because we're the problem. Because they've been told by the media that it's the unvaccinated. It's, it's the people that want liberty or selfish. We've come back to that, and that's a lie. A lie is we, we want you to have the same freedoms we do. We want you to be able to make your own choices for your own body. We want you to value your life like we value all life. We want the government off our shoulders so we can actually make something of ourselves. We want uh, freedom of choice for education. We want, you know, states' rights. That's why it's so important at the Supreme Courts. All the things we're talking about really comes back to, like you said at the beginning, the, the Declaration of Independence, right? God-given rights, unalienable rights um, that here that only God gives us. And the government is there to protect those rights, not take them away. And what we see now, this government at the federal level and state level is actively taking away our rights. And it does matter, no matter what the political pundits on the left say at all. It's not selfish. It is the right thing to do. Because if our kids want them, we, we, we have pass to, them on, we have to fight. Hmm? We got to have them right now. We need them right now. And, uh, you know, we've been on the front line. You and I have been out in the, you know, at the Capitol, wherever. Mm-hmm. And where you fight, you win. But you have to fight. You have to, you know, like we said for the last few weeks, praying's great. We love praying. We want to fast and pray and go after God. But eventually, David had to pick up a slingshot. Exactly you know, right. And bring the giant yeah. down. It, it, we've got to have people of courage who can do it. And, you know, that might not be you. Uh, but it might be you and you would be surprised. Like the Holy spirit has a way of like, this is it right. Now's the time. Say what I'm telling you to say, mm-hmm. stand up at the school board, stand up in the city council meeting, stand up at the county council meeting, you know, go, write the letter, send the email, take a risk, go for it. They're tracking us anyway. You know, they're mm-hmm. tracking you anyway. They, they know who you are. You had a Trump hat on once in your life. You, you know, you're trying to be all coy and on the down low. And that's, that's part of their strategy, right? Their right. strategy is let's pretend like we don't know, you know, and we'll be cool and they'll kind of like let you, but eventually they will come and they will get you. And so you've got to go. I heard, I heard an interesting thing today uh, by, um, I'm trying to remember who I was listening to. Anyway, he said that uh, whoever this this guy preacher, what I listened to, he said, I, I learned something when I used to be a fighter in the world. He says, when you're in a bar fight and you get somebody down, yeah, don't let them up. Mm-hmm. And I learned it the hard way because there's a lot of adrenaline and there's a lot of stuff going on and that person can get up and really hurt you. Mm-hmm. And so we are going to get the government down. 
We're going to get the FBI down, the Department of Justice down. We're going to get these guys down. We're going to do it the legal way, the right way, and we're not letting them up. We are, we are, we have to fight this fight to complete victory. This is the time of war. Yep. And it's, if thank God it's a cold one. Yep. But it is still a war. The Cold War was a war, brother. I know. Us and we Russia. are an economic, political, spiritual war. You name it right now. For our future, for sure. Our economic future, our spiritual future, our freedoms, as you said as well. But like my dad said, just like that growing up, he told me that. Avoid to fight as much as you can. But if you have to fight and you hit somebody, keep on hitting them. The point is, yeah, don't. Is, 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 don't stop. <laughs> you know? Well, Winston Churchill, right? If you're walking, yeah. if you're, if you're, if you're going through hell, keep going. Right. <laughs> <Don't stop. laughs> you know, and so, so, um, you know, we've been saying this for a couple of years. We even uh-huh. said this be pre pandemic <clears throat> because we were, I don't know that we were necessarily prophetic or whatever, but you could tell that it was going to take courage. The, all of the, all of the stuff that came against president Trump, right. Mm-hmm. And, and all of the vitriol. And now we've got, you know, all the stuff going on with election integrity. You know uh, we had, we had tambourine on here a couple of mm-hmm. weeks ago, right. Talking about what we see is doing and, you know, we've got to fight on every front and the, and people that are for us, even Robert F. Kennedy Jr., who is no conservative brother, this guy is, but he's a longtime anti-vaxxer. Did you know that? Right. I did so not know that, no. He's, he's very he's very left. I mean, left in the sense of, you know, I, I would Ideology. say extreme liberty. Extreme okay. liberty, right? Okay. And think of the 60s hippies and then go way f- bigger than that. Aren't but they now libertarians now? Yeah. 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 Well, they're the libertarians are communists. Right, right. right. One and so, but, but, you know, we need to find out where we can be in agreement and, and accept that agreement and start receiving people and letting them do their fight. And then let's do our part. And we've got to stop expecting somebody to come and save us. You know, that song, mm-hmm. we need a hero. Well, we're the hero. The, mm-hmm. the, 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 the reason America exists is because at, at the Reformation, Martin Luther, when he hung his thesis on the church door, it mm-hmm. was about you're saved by grace. Yes. You're safe when you make a decision and he elevated the individual before mm-hmm. it was always about the church. What does the church want? What does the government, what does the group want? Right. right. And, and all this whole group's going to go to heaven. And Martin said, it's not the way it is. It's an individual person. And God has always worked with individuals. Now he worked mm-hmm. with the nation of Israel, but he worked with Gideon and he worked with Joseph and he worked with David and he worked with Samuel in the new right. Testament, Saul and Peter and James and John and all these dudes. Right. Right. It's always been about the individual. And it was always about the individual. And if you read the new Testament, it's always about you need to not be lustful. You are the one who needs to get mm-hmm. out there and share your faith and be strong and all these things. And that was where America came from because we said, Hey, you know what? No more divine right of Kings. It's individuals. And so now they're trying to bring us back into the group. Well, all the, Hey, everybody's getting a shot. You get a shot. You know, the, mm-hmm. the, the Proverbs, it says, don't follow the crowd and doing wrong to so don't follow the crowd and doing evil. That's my, my translation. But I remember that and thinking, yeah, because the crowd, it's very easily swayed and it'll just run this way. And that's why mob violence is so bad because all of a sudden normal people do bad things. Right. People get hurt and things get burned right. and whatever. And so we, it's, you know, it's, it's us as individuals. And then of course, what, as we bind together and people have ideas, we need to help them do that idea. Right. 
Right. We can help them. If somebody says, well, we should do this. And like, well, you lead that. It's your idea. You have a passion for it. And then they're like, well, I don't know. I, I think I don't, you can do it. And then we help them with resources and we help them get them in their place. So it's the individual and that's what made America great. And it's what's mm-hmm. going to make America great again. And it doesn't matter red and yellow, black and white. They are precious in his sight. Right. I love it. He loves right. all of us. Right. I love it. I know James 417. I know we have an interview coming up here shortly, but James 417 talks about if it's a sin to you or if you think it's wrong and you do it, right? It's a sin to you. That's what it's saying. If it's not right, if you're praying about it and you, and you choose not to, don't follow the crowd, like Doug says. Know what's right for you. Pray for God, right? Yeah. yeah. Make your decision for yourself and your for your family. And, and this well, I'm gonna you. I'm gonna sign off. Yeah. Because I know you got an interview that we recorded earlier with mm-hmm. with Stephen Moore. So why don't you set us up for that? Okay. Uh, we got a chance to. Stephen Moore is the economist or economist, as I always mess it up, for Freedom Works. But he was also the White House advisor for the e- economy and advisor for White House in President Trump's administration. So all the policies of cutting taxes, of energy independence, all the stuff was came through um, Donald Trump listening to Stephen Moore. So I got a chance to talk to him about this runaway inflation, about the, the job market, about education reform. So here it goes. All right. Once again, I am joined with this very special guest today. Um, I'm joined by Stephen Moore. He's the senior economist for FreedomWorks. That's freedomworks.org and the former White House advisor to President Trump. Uh, Stephen, thank you for joining the show. I appreciate it. Um, Welcome. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. I appreciate you taking the time uh, to talk to our listeners all across Eastern Washington, Central Washington, Oregon, and Idaho across the American Christian Network. Now, they're looking at the news and they're seeing 6% inflation. They're seeing like the workforce and all these different mandates. And as a senior economist, uh, economist, I should say, if I can talk today and a white house advisor, we for sure wish Trump was back and you were still in the white house <laughs> advising him. I'm telling you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think, you know, by the way, I, I'm amazed at how many times I'll just be walking down the street or I, you know, um, you know, to store or something and people come up to me and they say, you know, I didn't really like Donald Trump very much, but I really liked his policies, you know, and I think the more that we see, um, you know, um, the economic um, illiteracy of this Trump uh, Biden administration, Mm -hmm. I think people are starting to really appreciate the uh, the amazing accomplishments of of, uh, Trump. We, you know, we cut taxes, we reduced regulation, we got government out of the way, we we really promoted American energy independence and all those things really paid off in terms of a really strong economy. And, you know, I mean, I am frustrated because I do, I don't think there's any doubt if Trump were president today, we'd have a incredibly booming economy. And, um, you know, I don't understand the logic of this $4 trillion massive spending bill that Biden wants to do, which I think will put our country in great uh, danger of a financial crisis and a financial meltdown. A hundred percent. Now remind our listeners too, before Trump came into office, before you were advising him there, the Obama administration said that our uh, GDP was, would never see more than 2%. You know, we had a huge jobless right. rate. We had, right. we were slagging and all of a sudden the right policies, like you said, cutting taxes, unleashing regulation, cutting regulations, really set the, the economy on fire and then you had record low unemployment in all different demographics. Um, tell us about that. Well, we did. We had the lowest uh, unemployment rate, you know, in 50 years. We had the lowest poverty rate for blacks and Hispanics and women and any group you want to look at in American history. So we never had a, you know, a, a larger 
uh, sorry, a smaller share of the uh, American public that was um, in poverty than we did under Trump. And, you know, it was an amazing accomplishment. And I was really proud of that. And I think that, uh, you know, when you look at the wage gains for workers, it was very positive. So, um, and, and by the way, when Trump left office, we were energy independent for the first time in 50 years. And now we have to go and, and uh, you know, go out to the, uh, to the Saudis and beg them to increase their oil power quick because we're not producing it here. That doesn't make <laughs> much sense at all. We've been talking about that on the show as well. And I, I wanted, I'm glad you went there. When you cut production, when you stop the Dakota pipeline, the Keystone pipeline, and you like cancel all leases, we become no longer, are we adding to the world supply or even our own supply? Uh, what kind of effect, obviously we're seeing high gas prices, but what long-term effects will we see from this? Well, you know, every time, well, I'll just give you an example. We're producing 2 million fewer barrels of oil than we were when Trump was president. So if we were back, you know, producing 2 million more barrels of oil, that would be at $80 a barrel, 160 million more dollars today. And that would be, um, you know, a, a billion dollars a week, $50 billion a year of American production has been cut, mm-hmm. uh, you know, because we're not building the pipelines that we're not allowing drilling in Alaska. Now there's new fees on drilling. All these things have had a very negative effect on the, uh, on the economy. And, and look, it's a security issue as well. We want to be able to produce, be the world's leader in producing producing energy. And now we have to, you know, import it again. So that, I think it's, it's a national security issue as well as an economic security issue. Well, in, in addition to that, when you see that Biden actually approved the pipeline for Russia, so Russia got more oil, yeah. uh, you know, you got enriched Afghanistan, enriched China through different things as well. It does make us weaker. It is a, um, a security threat, if you will, but also an economy is one. Um, there's a big push. In, in the economy, and we're told by the political left, the Democrats, that, hey, we're going to move from these oil jobs to these green jobs. That seems like, well, wait, we have to lose jobs to get new jobs? Talk about the cost that they're trying to propose through these massive spending bills uh, to push us towards a, a clean energy whatever uh, in the future. Well, first of all, I mean, you know, China is the major polluter in the world by, by a long margin, right? So, mm-hmm. It doesn't matter what we do if China continues to pollute, you know, the, the planet is in great jeopardy. So there's no um, there's no reason we should be we, we've reduced our carbon emissions more than any other country because we're using more natural gas. It makes no sense to be not building pipelines for natural gas because natural gas are a clean burning fuel. Mm-hmm. But the left wants to force upon us wind and solar power, which are not, if, you know, you can use wind and solar for maybe, you know, 10 percent of your energy, but you're not going to use get 100% of your energy from wind and solar power. It's just, it's not going to work. Europe tried it. It was a catastrophe. So um, we're, we're really, you know, shooting ourselves in the foot. And by the way, we have more oil, gas, and coal than any other country in the world. So we should be using it all. And nuclear power and, you know, when appropriate, wind and solar. But, you know, we're not, let, let me say this again. We're a $22 trillion industrial economy. We're not going to produce cars and steel and technology and construction projects and manufacturing with windmills. It's just, it's an, an absurd thing to say. And yet, you know, we, it's, it's so frustrating to me that so many people, um, you know, seem to believe that myth. 
I a hundred percent agree. When you think about a free market and the technology advances we've seen, even in just the last five years, we know with the resources we have, we could drive prices down, I'll open up the technology reward, right? Better technology down the road. So obviously it makes sense. So then you see policy issues at, at the Biden white house and we have backups, the supply chain issues across the border. These are policy issues as well. Don't you think? Well, that's exactly right. And it's not just energy. You know, you look at that $4 trillion bill that you're talking about. One of the worst features of it is we're going to give away all of these, you know, giveaway programs and these new entitlements and welfare programs. And you know how many of them require work? None. Zero. Zero. It doesn't make any sense. I mean, Americans want a safety net for people, but what, you know, we also want to make sure that people, you know, are, we're providing people with a help, hand up, not a handout. And all we're doing is making people, you know, um, dependent on government rather than, you know, as I said, making government a kind of uh, 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 a, a safety net, which is what we want. You would see, especially here, we in Washington State, we saw more people, uh, a lot of employers couldn't get employees to show up because they made more on unemployment plus the federal uh, bonus right. for being on than working. And so there's no incentive. And when you incentivize not working, you're going to get more of it. And the long-term effect of that, not only spending trillions of dollars at the national level, but this idea that we're incentivizing people not to work and to sort of depend on the government, can this be reversed with better policy? Yeah, you have to, you have work requirements. I mean, this was something that happened under a Democratic president when we did welfare reform, Bill Clinton and the Republican Congress. And we, we basically said, you know, we're going to have time limits. We're going to have, um, you know, uh, you're going to have to either work or, or be in training. And, and that, you know, reduced the number of people on welfare and we got people off of welfare into work. And now you know, it's almost like we have uh, the opposite policy where we're, it almost seems like Biden and the left want want people to be dependent on government and want people not to be forced to work. And again, I don't, I don't understand the logic of that. I mean, don't we want to make people economically self-sufficient, not dependent on government? Well, there used to be dignity of work as well. It used to be the common sort of shared value that working hard, you get, you were able to work towards something, improve your life, improve the life of your family and those around you. That seems to be sort of no longer. It's like the old guard. And now it's like, no, no, you deserve this. The government will take care of you. We're going to pay you to go to college. We're going to pay you to stay home. This can't end up good unless many of us say, no, enough. We need to actually, like you said, have a work requirement. And the question I have, too, is when the, this branding that the, the Democrats, the left do is about building back better. The only thing I see building back better is our enemies like China and Afghanistan and Taliban, and Iran, because we're getting weaker, whether it be a porous border or whether it be bad economic policy. What do you think? No, you're exactly right. And in fact, the, who are the biggest beneficiaries from Biden's policies? Well, let's see. We have Saudi oil sheiks. We have the uh, we have the. Um, you know, Putin is probably the biggest winner of all, right? Because he will now control the world's uh, natural gas supply if we're not providing it. Right now, there was an article in Financial Times a few weeks ago that, that basically said that Europe is now um, held black, held hostage to Russia for their energy. I mean, how stupid is that? Why aren't we providing energy for Europe rather than, you know, having Vladimir Putin, a former communist, uh, you know, he's going to be the richest person in the world because of uh, the, these dumb energy policies. So you can tell I'm frustrated. Yep. I want to make one other point that we are going to um, bankrupt our country if we continue to spend and borrow this lurch towards big government socialism, as I think the most dangerous thing I've seen for our country in, in my years. And I've been in the, this for over 30 years. 
this is an atrocious bill. It is reprehensible in every single way. And all we're doing is making people more dependent on government. We're not, we're, we're going to have the highest tax rates in the world, the United States, the land of the free. Does that make any sense? I mean, how are we going to compete? So I am frustrated. I think this bill, we've got to kill this bill. I'm uh, part of a co- coalition of, uh, we have something like um, uh, 75 conservative groups that are, um, that are, uh, that are part of this coalition to, to save our country kill this bill we have to i mean we're already by the way we're borrowed three trillion dollars they remember they passed the two trillion dollar spending bill when biden came in right. then they have this one trillion dollar sam infrastructure bill which is really just green you know green new deal mm-hmm. and now they want four trillion on top of that i mean are they intentionally trying to destroy our country it does beg the question, right? If you were trying to destroy a company, would you do anything They're doing a different? pretty good job of it. Exactly right. Yeah, no, uh, yeah. right. And look, are you concerned about inflation? Are you concerned about high gas prices? Are you concerned about how much food prices have risen? Because if you are, what's unquestionably true is that we're going to see, um, you know, if we pass this big spending bill, we're going to see higher inflation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 100%. And so obviously push back, get on the switchboards, make calls Groups like yours fighting back at freedomworks.org. One more thing I want to bring up. Obviously, right now, it's the spending bill. It's the politics with on the Hill. Their, their uh, Supreme Court's reviewing a case. But just last week, the news, and it should be an, a front-page news for the next year and a half, is education reform. I know it's big on your, on your docket as well, uh, Freedom Works, but there's been a lot of parents are finally opening their eyes and saying, what has the public education system been doing? And it ties into the whole idea of being dependent on government. Any comments on that? Well, you know, we're the only country in the world that really uh, basically um, teaches its children how about how horrible this country is. I mean, you know, we have a president who calls America systemically racist. I mean, how outrageous is that? And, you know, really, it's a slur against America to call America a, a racist country. We're not, look, we've had a, you know, stains, of course, if, you know, slavery was a terrible thing, but everybody, every person of every color, red, brown, black, they want to come to the United States. We're not, we're the least racist country in the world, not the most racist country in the world. A hundred percent. Obviously, I had a previous guest on talking about uh, returning back to a shared values, that work ethic, the idea that we're one nation where we all are created equal under yeah. God's eyes, and which is amazing, you know, and we can, we can restore that. But what you do with uh, as an economist and, and getting engaged, really it comes down to sound policy, sound um, money policy, sound um, legislative policy. Um, yeah. We really need, uh, 2022 is coming up. How important it is, is it for the conservatives on the right to win back the House and the Senate? Oh, well, we're, the Republicans are going to pick up about 30 seats in the House, so it's not even going to be close. It's okay. going to be, you know, I've, lived, I've been at this, <laughs> to this movie before. Every time Democrats take control of, uh, of, uh, you know, the White House, they always overstep their mandate. You know, mm-hmm. people didn't vote for Trump, I mean, for Biden, because they wanted $5 trillion more debt, you know. Right. So um, I think in the Senate, you know, we'll see. But it's so important because we have to pull one Senate Democrat away from this horrible bill. And there must be one, one semi-sensible Democrat left in Congress who would want to, you know, stop this terrible bill. I mean, I pray that that's the case, but we will see because this is a party that has become, you know, I think extraordinarily left and, you know, it's, it's a, it's just a a real problem. 
I think it's obviously a spiritual war, an economic war, a political war, but it really comes down to the, the future of America when it comes to, are we going to survive, first of all? Are we going to be financially um, well? But can, do we leave a, a better America for our kids than, they, than we had? And there's, you know, obviously we're optimistic uh, that we can turn things around. So in the short term, the last question for you, and I appreciate your time. Um, when we win the House back, when we win, uh, or hopefully the Senate, like you said, and we're praying for a good Democrat to come over, if you will, now to stop this bill, what's the first thing they can do? Would they, would they Biden in the White House still um, during the- Well, yeah. you know, I mean, look, we have to, we can't even think about that. We have to, we have to force, win you first. know, focus all our efforts on destroying, you know, stopping this bill, because if we don't, we're going to spend the rest of our careers trying to undo the damage of, of, of this huge spending bill. Okay. And so people can find out more at freedomworks.org. Obviously, Stephen Moore, um, yeah. senior economist, economist, I keep on screwing that word up. I uh, thank you for your time. Thank you for your work. The last list, I, I lied. One more question for you. What, yeah. what an opportunity was it? I mean, how cool was it to work with President Trump in the White House and being able to affect economic policy in that way for the nation? Well, it was, a, it was a pleasure to work for a president who I didn't always agree with everything Donald Trump did, and I didn't always agree with his behavior. But one thing about Donald Trump, every decision he made was about putting America first. And frankly, I'm not so sure that this president does that. That would be a great way to end the show. So thank you so much, Stephen. I, I would All agree right. as well. Take care. I hope you have, a, Thanks, have you on again. God Thanks. bless. Take yep. care.